welcome to part two of why sh ships keep getting bigger. So we were talking about um, the dredging in Savannah and the need for the constant dredging, the need for the increase of the infrastructure at the terminals and everything like that. Um, as I was saying in the last in the last episode, the the ports are doing everything that they can to change their infrastructure to to allow these big ships to come in. But like like I was saying with Port of Savannah, when you're dredging, you're constantly dredging and you're affecting marine life. Um, so how long and how much is that actually going to be allowed until you actually start changing the the marine life habitats? Um, that's that's a big problem for environmentalists and stuff like that. But as I stated before, who pays for all these upgrades? The states do. The people of the states do. So the people of Savannah and the people of the state of Georgia are, are the, being taxed in order to fund these infrastructure projects. I mean, granted, yes, some of it does come from, from private equity and stuff like that, you know, in, in loans and that type of thing, or, or they're borrowing from the government to pay back. You know, and I and, and that's 100% understandable, but not all that money is going to be there. It's not going to be sourceable. I mean, our our local state governments don't have an un you know an unending well of money to just give for for these carriers bringing in these bigger and bigger ships. So what you're telling me is no money tree. No, no, there's no money tree in the backyard. I've been all through the Port of Savannah. There are trees. But there's not money on them. There's no money on them. No, no, okay. there's no money. Damn. But but we also have to look at the infrastructure of the rest of the country, the rail infrastructure. The rail has unfortunately been in in the highlight lately with the derailments that have been happening, and that's because there's not enough infrastructure, I guess, funds being put to the rail to actually fix where the problem areas are. Um, my heart goes out to all those people in East Palestine, um, in Ohio that uh, have suffered because of that derailment, but this is a, this is a real problem with the government funding it, the incorrect areas or, or incorrect projects, um, has nothing to do with a braking system or anything like that. So I, I can see the need for braking systems. I can see the need for the upgrade for the braking systems for the trains. But this had nothing to do with the braking system. That derailment had nothing to do. Had everything to do with the tracks. Um, and it had to do with the fact that the tracks are not being maintained properly. Because the funds are just not there. Um, that and you also have to look at the amount of cargo for the last two years two and a half years that have been just pouring over those rails. I mean, you've got, you know, train after train after train going by. Uh, I, I mean, people are ordering constantly online. Um, they're bringing more, which is the, you know, the why, why the carriers feel the need for these bigger ships because there's more and more online building or buying. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, something needs to get actually shipped. You have to ship something. So it's got to go on a ship. It's got to go on a truck. It's got to go on the road. It's got to go on the rail. So no matter what you do, you're going to need all of that infrastructure, including the warehouses and the distribution centers and everything like that. But the distribution centers and the warehouses, those come from the private companies. Those come from the shippers or the consignees. They're the ones that are building that. 
They're not, they're not, I, I would imagine that there's probably taxpayer dollars involved in that, you know, whenever they're, you know, getting loans or something like that or, or subsidies from the government to, to help with this. But that's usually privately funded. Carriers aren't paying for that. That's the shippers or, or the consignees that are paying for that. But the infrastructure, the actual terminals themselves, a lot of the terminals are owned. I mean, it's okay. Take New York, New Jersey, for example. They're a landlord port. They literally own the land and the terminals themselves operate themselves. They are owned by, you know, individuals or, or investment, you know, companies and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they, they handle their own operational issues. There is funding there because, you know, most of them have investment firms that are backing them. So there is funding there, but not all of the funding. So they still need to reach out to the Port Authority to, to ask for money. And where's the Port Authority get that money? From the government. Because it's a government-owned entity. Mm -hmm. So so there's a lot to be said about the infrastructure and how it gets how it gets put into place. But it take it's not it's not an overnight fix. I mean, redoing a berth can take three years because you have to re you have to shore up the 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 ground. You have to reinforce it to put these humongous 165 foot cranes on them. I mean, these things are thousands of tons and they roll on rails. So not only do you have to reinforce the ground, but you have to lay rails for these things to roll back and forth on. They don't they don't sit on tires. They sit on a rail system right. and they move, but they also have to be able to be moved around the terminal. So if you have, say, like a like a terminal like Mar in New York, New Jersey, their terminal turns. So you've got you've got a, a crane that's on one side that if you need it on the other side, it needs to be able to turn that corner. So the rail has to be able to work with that crane. So, so the infrastructure needs to be worked to where it, it can do that. And, and it, that's where the taxpayers come in and the ships getting bigger and bigger. It's just creating more and more funds being needed to re to reinforce these terminals or to change their infrastructure. I mean, in, in the United States, the, the port of Savannah is the largest footprint. I, I couldn't honestly tell you how many acres or how many hectares or however you want to call them that, that it actually has, but it's huge. I mean, I could actually get lost in that terminal, like literally lost. I have no idea if I'm turning left or turning right and if I'm going to end up at the water or, or the gate. I have no clue. But I uh, think if you fall in, you're at the water. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's the terminal itself is, is huge, and they're actually annexing or, or purchasing more land so that way they can put more containers on it. So so not only is it big to begin with, they're actually making it bigger. And they're turning around and changing the ocean terminal, which was a break bulk terminal, to they're they're converting it to a container terminal. Now they they can work containers there right now, but it's not the infrastructure of the actual yard itself is not ready for containers. It's only like in an emergency, you know purpose mm -hmm. uh, we used to use, when i was a port captain i would use the ocean terminal if i had a ship that was you know under uh duress or in stress you know because of an engine problem or something like that i would use it as a labor so basically we would push the the ship there and let it sit there until it get got yeah, fixed right. and then go back out to water um but they're converting that right now they're in the process of doing that um charleston just built their hugh leatherman terminal um, beautiful terminal. I've been on the terminal. It's absolutely gorgeous. 
and and they got like you know state of the art equipment. It's brand new. I mean, and and there's no cracks in the ground, and and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful birth, you know, a birthing arrangement, and the cranes are great, but it's not being fully utilized because of a you know an issue that I could talk about in a in a later episode. If if you're in this business, you know exactly what that issue is, but they built that that terminal to increase their own capacity it's directly across the river the mouth of the river from their wanda welch terminal so you got wanda welch on the like i do believe it's on the left and hugh leatherman's on the right or i might be that you know flip-flop but then you've also got uh north charleston terminal which is a smaller terminal and they're going to keep it for a smaller terminal so if you got like a ship that's like only like a six thousand teu ship or you know an eight eight thousand teu ship it can go to north charleston the problem with with some of these some of these uh, options, I guess you could say, um, with with different terminals, is that your cargo is not where it's supposed to be. So if we were going to call Hugh Leatherman, we would want all of our cargo in Hugh Leatherman, not at Wando, because then we would have to move it over. Now there is a barge service that South that South Carolina is operating, or at least getting ready to operate. I think it's actually in operation already. But they're moving cargo from Hugh Leatherman to Wando or from Wando to Hugh Leatherman. But there's a cost to that. They still got to pay the guys that are operating the barge. They still got to load it. They got to pay the labor. And they still got to move that, that that barge across. And it still has to happen on the other side too. So there's still a need for funds there. So like I was saying, whenever when all these infrastructure changes are happening because of these ships getting bigger, this is all because of these ships getting bigger. And to be able to accommodate these ships. And then, of course, the carriers don't want to pay for a damn thing because, you know, it's what's well, your terminal. You work it, you know, you pay for it. Why should I have to pay for it? I'm bringing I'm bringing you cargo. I'm bringing you lifts. I'm making you money. This right. is how exactly how all of the kids, not just one carrier. And I've worked for five different carriers. This is how every single one of them looks at this. They, they say it is not our problem. It's your problem. You need to accommodate our ship. We're bringing you money. And that's exactly how they look at it. But they don't they don't see the other side from the terminal perspective going, where are we going to put this beast? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's, you know, bigger than, you know, you know, 15,000 football fields long. You know, it's it's crazy. These ships are huge. I dropped a lung one time trying to go up on the Teddy Roosevelt. You know, I actually got about halfway up the gangway and I actually had to stop. And it was like, God, I need to do more cardio. But still, I mean, these ships are just big. And, and they, the infrastructure needs to be there, but somebody needs to pay for that. The carriers are like, well, we paid for the ship and we're bringing the, you the cargo. We're bringing you the lift, so you need to pay for that. But it doesn't work that way in the real world. In the real world, because of the fact that the ships are getting bigger, it has changed the industry. And now, of course, the terminals are trying to accommodate that by changing themselves. Well, you don't have change. If you don't have change, you can't grow. That's right. But I think that's all I have to say on that. Um, if anybody has any questions, you can reach me at shoresideoperational at gmail.com. Um, we would love to take your questions, um, your feedback, anything like that. And I would like to say thank you for joining us today. You know, I have one last thing. If everybody feels like you get something out of this program please share it with people tell people about it 
let them get to our podcast so we can reach out and we can reach many more people so we could keep bringing the news or the um, experience level to the people, the people who kind of want to know what's going on. And hopefully you find some type of use out of it. Just pass the word. That's all we ask. Yes. The whole point to my podcast is to get the knowledge out there, to get more people interested in the transportation world, because this is a great business. And those of us that actually work in it love every minute of it. That's why we're still here. Absolutely. Once again, thank you for joining us on Shoreside Operational. See you next time. Have a good day.